Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We are recording. Okay, this is Flavors Weekly. I'm Joe Lyons. I'm Joseph Shaw. It's episode 15 of the Joe Squared podcast. We're, we're back in the podcasting HQ. And we, we've, we've got some interesting things to talk about this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got into a wormhole of uh, right-wing journalism this week. Daily Telegraph. The Daily Telegraph, yeah. It, t- it took me and took me by surprise how convincing the debates were. I, I, I always see you as more of a, more of a social justice lefty. <laughs> yeah, no, and I like to think that I am as well, but <laughs> you know, these guys are coming up with the answers. No, in all seriousness, they make good cases. They're clued up on their, on their stuff and why they believe what they believe. Just and, as a lot of the And the thing are. is, they're in power. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> their arguments sort of end with, yeah, they are now. We're here. <laughs> We're here. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely taken a, it's gone further right now. For sure. But they, they, they make some good points and I'll, 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 I'll go into that when we, when we I'm get there later. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Bro. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your right wing <laughs> rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> and I might have to distance myself at times, you know. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll try to distance myself from myself <laughs> and just just lay down the facts, you know. So, but um, yeah, no, I had the copy of the Times, nice, and an interesting uh, point that they brought up with all this uh, Bojo and Pretty Patel, yes, uh, the Home Sec promising to spend more money, you know, hiring police. Okay, they, they want to make the Tories back into the party of a. Uh, Justice, you know, yeah, 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 making the criminals you know, keep their head on a swivel and be scared of the rosers. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it 20,000 or something? 20,000 new officers. There you go, mate. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> well, recently <laughs> that does sound that sounds like a familiar statistic, so. yeah, it does. But yeah, recently I found out that a guy who I know from my past. Um, I played golf with him the other day. He's now a police officer. A career change. He was doing something else. Same age as me, so 25. Is he a proper police? Or so he's he now, pro- now pro- yeah, he's on response squad. So you sort of low-level crimes. To begin with, you sort of do low-level call-outs. Yeah. Low-level being domestics a lot of domestics oh, you sort of see it in uh those programs don't you those sort of fiery little policemen <laughs> that want to be doing yeah. more you know why aren't we catching the real guys <laughs> it's the type of rhetoric i got from my friend here you know, <laughs> you know i just see some he said something like oh, i just see some guys on a on the street corner and i just want to know what they're up to oh bro so yeah, this mind is, your business, man. <laughs> they're not up to, they're not up to anything. Tell me about just it. Chill. Okay, so um, he had training, I think maybe December, November, and you have it for twelve weeks. Twelve weeks training. From the sounds of it, it's not a very intense training. You're not taught too too much. Like what I really want to find out now, having had this conversation is like what it really consists of. And what I was reading, I read some stuff on like Yorkshire police uh, training and stuff. 
it's just very general sort of health and safety. Is that you where know, he's? Is that no, no, no. He's around here. He's, he's actually in quite a rough area in Wembley, uh, Stonebridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. These That's where places. Kate Coke's from. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So he he's in quite quite a rough quite a rough area. So yeah, he's doing these domestic violence things. Anyway, he went. He did the training for for twelve weeks, and then you come out and. What you get on your belt, yeah, is a madness to me. So I was just like asking him loads of different questions <laughs> just because I'm <laughs> interested in it. But they now have, they don't, they no longer have CS gas on their thing. They have a, a higher strain of gas. Yeah. Because people, some people can take, <laughs> can take, first of all, they can take like a low level taser and stay standing. <laughs> some people can take, take a bit of CS gas and just keep tracking, man. So they've got this thing, it begins with a P, he said, yeah. Um, so they've got like high level that, they've got an asp and they've got a taser. What's an asp? I think they've got one of those. Oh, the batons. Yeah, yeah like with the the ones that flick out. Oh, nice. I believe. <laughs> nice. nice. Look at you. Hell yeah! I'm <laughs> signing up. Man. So, so I was chatting to him. So that already is madness to me that they have all these sort of weapons. It's rough out there, though, man. Okay, no, but listen, no, but listen to this. Yeah. So, did you ever do the bleep test? Yeah. So, what were you roughly getting when you were at high school? I don't know. I think the highest I got two. No, no, no. <laughs> I well, never, you no, didn't. You didn't. No, no. It's because I was like, "Oh fuck this, man! I don't want to do this." Oh really? I was that guy. So oh, yeah. you're an idiot. So it. no, I tried. I tried, and I was getting roughly say 13, 14. So yeah. I was properly going deep into this. But I'm saying sometimes I was I was dropping out about 10, 11. But that's yeah. that's when you start running. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get yeah, to yeah. You, it's a walking pace, and yeah. then it's a running pace. How much do you have to do as a minimum to become a police officer? Eight, 5.4 Whoa. and I remember this this one you're still walking you're, you're still really, walking you picked up some pace but you're still you're firmly still, walking you're fir- if you were to run you'd be hitting the beep yeah. way too early 5.4 our police have to hit I've seen police in Europe when I went to Berlin yeah all of them look fit as hell they look they're some scary motherfuckers yeah they're armed yeah, they're also armed. Um, that makes them more scary. <laughs> <There's a bit laughs> but same in Paris, they look like fit. They look like muscular yeah. sort of forces to be reckoned with. Our police over here have to hit 5.4 on a bleep test. That's crazy to me. That is ridiculous. How are you going to catch... Uh... How are you going to catch anybody? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Even I mean? Even me. <laughs> I'd outrun you. I would outrun that guy. <laughs> Not that I would need to, but... I could. But then surely if you know that, you're just going to drop out yeah. at, at that number. You're not yeah. going to push yourself. But that is astounding that you only need a 5.4. They must be desperate, man. <laughs> Fuck. It's crazy. But then, uh, so it was a really interesting conversation, really. So I asked him, did he respect his uh, peers? And uh, he answered in saying some people, some police officers believe they're above the law. And... Rude to people and unnecessarily sort of, I'm the police attitude, yeah. you know. And then he said that motivation. Otherwise, some people say they were a victim of crime or they were bullied at school. That's why they became police officers. So it's a true. That's a true thing. I only ever heard that from 
the other side. Yeah. You know, sort of people shouting at the police saying... But why, why does that motivate you to become police? Yeah, th- so this is the type of conversation that I wanted to have with you. It's like, I ha- would have no motivation of wanting to become a police officer at all just because I'm not interested in stopping people from doing what they're doing. But I do understand that certain things need to be done. I understand the need. Yeah, 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 for sure. I wouldn't like the responsibility of having to stop crime. Yeah. That's that's something I don't see myself. It's a massive intrusion though because you've got to make such a massive judgment call. Yeah. And I feel like certain Especially dealing with domestic domestic, uh, Mm. situations. And I, I feel like from that conversation, I feel like some people are ill-motivated. They're bad motivation to be in that job in the first place. So they're not going to be making coherent decisions. Especially if, if you only have a 5.4 and a bleep test. Yeah, for know. sure, man. You're going to be shooting at people. <laughs> don't run away. Yeah, just, yeah. That's why they got that, 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 new, uh, that new gas. It probably, has, it probably has a further range, you know? So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got a yeah, a weird sort of idea about the police just from being young in London, I suppose, yeah. and being, um, being not a victim but being sort of singled out because of the group of my friends of us and sort of constantly having the police just being like, "What are you up to? Like, Get the fuck, <laughs> is man. He leave me man. alone, man." <laughs> Why does that policeman sound like an old man? <laughs> What are, you, what doing? are you, doing? What you doing? Because some of them were like, <laughs> but, but let's yeah, go get just that constant, the test, that but. constant, <laughs> that constant sort of intrusion on just and generally we were just doing normal things. It was just the way that we were dressed, I suppose, that highlighted us as problems. Yeah. So since then, I've had had a negative look at the police and also i i was um i was rushed as a kid yeah yeah so i was randomly attacked by sort of 10 or so people but properly beaten up ran the police that night they didn't come for eight days yeah so on a friday i got beaten up yeah and then my it wasn't me i was in year seven so i was like 11 or 12 just walking home from my friend's house got beaten up and then my parents obviously ran the police and then on the Sunday, the following week, they turned up at 10 o'clock in the morning and were like, oh yeah, we've come to uh, investigate a crime. My dad's like, what are you, what, <laughs> what are you wait, here for? What, what year was this? So it was, uh, I was about 11, so 14 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that. 2006 2005 mm. 2006 yeah okay so so yeah see even since then just my dealings with the police have never been positive ones so i've never really liked them i've had a few good ones a few bad ones yeah uh i mean the best one most positive one and actually ties into something we'll talk about later this yeah. uh this cannabis documentary okay David Lammy in it says uh, one of the reasons that, that cannabis being illegal is, is damaging, he sees, is because it, a lot of young people in London, their first interaction with the police is being criminalised for, for smoking weed. Yeah. And it puts sort of a ne- like a bad tint on the police just because they're being criminalised for doing something that they see as normal. But one time, me and my friends were, were in a car park 
we were smoking cannabis. Yeah. Legal drugs. Yeah, yeah. The police speed in to this <laughs> car park. <laughs> yeah. We all turn to run, but there's nowhere to run. <laughs> And the police pull up, and they're just like, "All right, guys, listen. Uh, some of some of the people who live near the car park have called. Uh, say they smell cannabis. We're like, yeah, yeah, we were smoking drugs. And they yeah. said, and the, I mean, they searched us all. Yeah. But the bottom line of it was that they said, "All right, listen, just keep it at home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were like, "All right, fair enough. I'll Cheers, see you later. Guys. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. I not mean, bad. Not bad. But um, one of the things that he also said is like. I took three knives off three different people this week and that's a rewarding part of the job. And I thought, yeah, you're making a change. You are, you are then actually positively, you're doing something positive for the, for the community. So I rate that. I rate that part of it. Especially in, yeah, if you're like, I wonder if there's a difference in job satisfaction between police who work in sort of a, yeah, an area with with more crime because mm. if you take three knives off the street there you feel like yeah man yeah you're doing something but if you're like police in Berkshire Shropshire or something. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the shears <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I wonder I wonder if they if they have less to do if they, they feel less yeah like, like they're they're sort of making less change you'd wonder wouldn't you but yeah no but it's sort of that same again I watch police dramas on telly and sometimes like a big high high scale murder goes on in those places and the police officers there are ill equipped <laughs> and then they get a London officer and then they're both sort of there fighting it's the like hot fuzz. <laughs> you just explain the plot of hot fuzz. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But the the guy from London's always a bit more capable but or on job. Done, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's having to do a job. Um but yeah, for sure, it was an interesting conversation to have, especially just because I don't understand why why people want to become police. Because, but then he he gave me an example of that sort of that knife thing, and it made sense. So yeah, cool. In other news, <coughs> Meghan Markle has a Vogue cover issue of se- uh, the September issue, which is um generally the most read. Yeah, because so it's, it's the the start of the the fashion year, September. Is it? Yeah. So you, I thought you'd know that. Had that on Giles Corum podcast. Well done, Joe. Shout out to Giles. Um, so yeah, this is where I was reading the the Telegraph. Because uh, randomly, I have a Tory su- graph. We call it. <laughs> <laughs> randomly, I have a subscription for it. <laughs> I found <laughs> out this is hilarious. One day. <laughs> In some sort of state, <laughs> you were like, I know what I need to do. <laughs> I need to sign up for the, for the Daily Telegraph and pay them £7 a month. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was paying for it, but I clicked on it. And I thought I did like, yeah, just one of those sign-ins and you sort of get a couple free. You get like a free article a week, I think. <laughs> I just had everything, <laughs> all the premium ones. So, oh yeah, that was it. I saw it on Twitter clicked on it and I had the whole article and I was like, that's a bit Ooh. weird. <laughs> but anyway, so I started reading reading these articles about Meghan Markle and her co-editing, I think you call it. Yeah. The the Vogue issue of September. And basically it's she's carefully curated an issue that focuses on her choice of trailblazing change makers entitled Forces for Change. 
So there's 15 different people on on the cover, all women. Um, and she's using the opportunity to promote inspirational role models who are leading the change in everything from mental health to politics. Um, <laughs> a Telegraph reporter called Camilla Tomine. She's actually an associate editor, so calling her a reporter would actually be Ooh, quite yeah offensive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, one of the sentences that she starts with: "People often mistake me for a royalist when actually I'm a realist." Ooh. So, in the interest of keeping it real, may I make the following remarks without being accused of racism? Probably not as far as the Twitter sphere is concerned, but I'm going to make them anyway. First of all, I wonder whether Megan was conscious of the bias she showed in choosing 15 forces for change, in sort of quotation marks, for the Vogue cover, all of whom were women, of which only five were white. Only a third of them were white. Only five, of which only five oh, were white, so a third, yeah, yeah. If I was pale, male and stale... I'd be feeling pretty discriminated against right now. <laughs> I what's she trying to I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to what say was she there. She trying to say there, yeah. She Very said, strange. I also wonder whether Harry is conscious of the bias he showed in referring to a fellow soldier in terms of too racially offensive to repeat here. And then in brackets, was there unconscious bias about his decision to wear Nazi uniform to a fancy dress party? Of course not. He was just being a stupid boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I got swept under the rug. <laughs> um, but also in this, in an article in this Vogue issue, Harry says that um, the prince referred to the terrifying threat posed to the natural world in the interview with com conservationist Jane Goddell, where he appeared to suggest anyone who had more than two children was endangering the planet. You heard about this on the Charles Corrin yeah, that's where I got all my news. It's from Giles Corrin's podcast. But yeah, and and, and it, he was saying that, well, him him and his wife Esther Walker, mm. who's also a journo, uh, they were saying it's like a swipe or a dig at uh, Kate and Will. Yeah, because they've got cause now three or four. They got three, maybe three, three, three. George, I don't. No, Archie. that's all I've got. No, no, There's no. He's, he's the, yeah, 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 yeah. And they've got a girl. They've got two boys and a girl. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll cut that out. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. And then also the the dig of when she... <laughs> and the Queen, actually. The Queen's got lots of children, too. Oh, she's got a ton. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was different times back then, though, man. Different yeah, times. Yeah, different times. Different times. I don't know what gave her fuck about the environment back then <laughs> and the population no, but the population has like tripled yeah quadrupled since like 1900 remember in uh the po yeah the lecture that we yeah had. philosophy lecture when it said like how how the population has grown even over the last century let's go back to the uh to the megan markel so yeah no do you have anything to say about um first of all her being a realist because you know that realist thing comes from like racists I've heard a lot, like, when racists, they're not, I'm not racist, I'm a realist. <laughs> we need to get them out. <laughs> There's too many of them, you know, that constant, that, that general chat. So saying that you're a realist sort of doesn't 
meant to say anything of your character <laughs> to me. You know? All right. So this uh, Sherelle Jacobs, another uh, assistant comment editor at the Telegraph. It is an uncomfortable non-coincidence that most of the choices happen to be both ethnic minority models, actors, creatives, and mediocre change makers. One can only deduce that this problem has arisen because the selections were made on the premise that achievement is uncompelling unless it can be adjectived by exotic origins. Somali female boxer, Mm. black ballerina and comes with a marketable instagram following uh, i see uh this is the article that sort of came up with things that created me to think about the motivations behind it and basically this this lady sherelle i think her name is sherelle jacobs gives examples or quite I don't know if they're true and she doesn't back them up with any truth, but sort of says they could be motivated by different, different, for yeah. different reasons. Ulterior motives. Yeah. I, want, yeah, I mean, I suppose because she's the assistant comment editor, she yeah. doesn't need proof. She is just out there yeah. spraying opinion, you know. Um, as suggested by the air whipping rush of an empty blurb, the selection of females is depthless, depthless, <laughs> I can't say it, depth, depth. Lustly woke. Oh, nice. Depthlessly. Depth. No, I can't say. Yes, it exactly. Depthlessly <laughs> um, woke. But the oddest thing about the cover is how it transports us in a soft Californian hand class to a strangely <laughs> archaic parallel universe. <laughs> in this ghoulish place, trapped somewhere between the King's Road during the Summer of Love of 67 and the American Deep South, everyone is defined by their race. And fame-ravaged celebrities yearning for a spiritual calling are boundary-pushing campaigners. Such an imagined reality is not just blighted by gaping inconsistencies. For example, its fixation with race is not racist if your mission is to empower minorities. Yeah. Yeah? But if you're using them as sort of... If you're using race as like a... uh, Something to push sales... With this, it's saying a fixation with race is not racist if your mission is to empower minorities. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So yeah, you I agree. Can, that so it, you can use... It, it, yeah, if your intention is to... Yeah, if you have an honest intention, and it's not, as I say, it's not just like sort of a tool to to promote mm. sales or to promote your wokeness. Mm. And it's, yeah, if it's an so honest you can intention. Use, you can use it, yeah, yeah. Um, it is completely oblivious to the facts of the world today. Our new PM has appointed a Home Secretary and a Chancellor who just so happens to be Asian ancestry. Middle England, supposedly corroded with unconscious bias, did not so much as blink over these excellent appointments, viewing Sajid Javid as a competent pair of hands for No Deal and Preeti Patel as the new Norman Tebbit. I don't know who that is. Some old politician, <laughs> but I mean, Pretty Patel, she that the, there were definitely people saying, you know, praising that it's the first uh, Asian female home sec, yeah, yeah. But what she's saying is, uh, people weren't bothered, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. people weren't bothered, but, by but people were bothered by the fact that she in the past has spoken out for the death penalty, and 
yeah, and and has also also suggested uh, in 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 negotiations with Ireland that we bring up uh, that we threaten to sort of make it harder for them to acquire uh, to get food. Really? <laughs> she actually suggested that as a as a strategy. But to be fair to her, she uh, her family came over from India. Mm. And they set up a corner shop in Tottenham. Nice. And she lived above that, just like Margaret Thatcher used to live above a shop. Really? And that's her uh, that's her whole thing. She's trying to be the new Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe, yeah, this is just real <laughs> off the cuff stuff. Real off the cuff shit right here. <laughs> but so there was a corner shop up from my school in Tottenham. <laughs> and that was run by a guy called Mr. Patel. And you think that might be her father? Well, it could be, but also Patel was it's kind of a common name. Yeah, it is, certainly. Um, <laughs> I'll just... Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on swiftly. So we've spoken about... Um, I don't really know why I've been going with the segments, to be quite honest. <laughs> but basically, they're unhappy with Megan's appointment of... What what she's done with the September issue? Yeah, so they're unhappy. It seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, it does. five of them are white, <laughs> and, and the rest are you know from other ethnic backgrounds. So what? But this lady, so this lady is saying that it's so it's okay if you're not that much of a change maker, but you have some type of mm. ethnic. The reason they're there is because because of their. Yeah, because of their ethnicity and it can make what you're doing more exotic, I suppose, is what she said. But exotic is actually... And this is... is, Sherelle Jacobs is a lady of colour and we learned about uh, Orientalism and the the word of exotic is only used with people of colour or people from other backgrounds to sort of otherise them. And it's strange that that she uses that... It uh, hypersexualizes them as a race. That's what it, it on. That's what it was saying in one of our lectures. We learned about it. So, yeah, you got a good memory. It's because I was interested. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't interested in not that in that one. No, I know I entered as my thought. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I've been going with this. But basically, it was just it. Basically, these people are upset about it. I don't care. To be quite honest, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I say, you know, Megan, you went, you went somewhere with your September Vogue issue. I know she listens, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I say, God bless you. And shout out to Salma Hayek for being a force for change. Yeah, this is a this is a little quick one. Uh, uh on to on to the next one, as Jay Z said. <laughs> good song. Uh, during good the album, week, that. during the week, uh, I heard it on Five Live. The Justice Secretary, Robert Buckland, said, <laughs> he suggested, and number 10 immediately said, this is not government policy. <laughs> he uh, he said that people who have been uh, accused of sort of sexual assault or some sort of sexual crimes mm. uh, should be, should have the right to remain anonymous as long as they have uh, a reputation to uphold. And it was, it wasn't clear what he meant by reputation. Mm. It was a, uh, it was 
guessed by by critics that reputation could be you're famous or you know you've got like you got a lot of money behind you um yeah and and as i say the government immediately came out and said this is not something that has been discussed previously he just went real off piste <laughs> you know as you do when you're on radio i suppose <laughs> no see he didn't say it live on the okay on air yeah 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 but yeah i, d- I just don't know what it's an interesting thing because obviously it, it comes off the back of a that the most high profile one was Cliff Richards, and that they raided yeah. his house. No, but also all, all the ones we just found out about, but about that guy who made it up. Yeah, yeah. He made up about Nick. these people. They were army. They were MP. They were mm. they were big figures. In, and the police just lapped it up. Days. Yeah, the police <laughs> just absolutely yeah. lapped it up. We're telling the media, yeah, we think that we've like cracked this massive case and shit. Um, and they hadn't. It was complete. It, it's been proven to be all false, yeah. and he's admitted that it was all false. He, the geezer was living in Sweden or something in yeah. some cabin, and got found there and got nicked there, bro. Um, but their names are plastered all over the media. In, yeah, in the, still now still, people don't believe it because it's like uh, this. is What Cliff Richard was saying about um, that thing: uh, there's not smoke without fire. So even though they've been proved to have not done these things, people will still yeah. be like... You look at them a certain way. Yeah, yeah, you'll be like, oh, but this wouldn't have come about if he hadn't have done something. And yeah, I feel I feel bad for, for people that haven't, especially especially these men, um, because there have been men in similar positions that have done that. And then your mind is then sort of preoccupied with old vision or no old pictures of these men that have previously done it sort of pale male and stale whatever um so then you you find it easier to join up the dots yeah. as as somebody reading the story like that and you yeah, you like assume you assume automatically guilt. assume yeah. guilt um so it's interesting for me. And first when I heard it, I was like, oh, and then I was like, maybe this is actually a really good idea. But, but no, but it's just... But I, then wouldn't it have to apply to everybody? Exactly, that's the thing. It so, can't just be... So like th- this whole, this idea of reputation to uphold. Mm. I mean, everyone has a reputation just about the scale. Because like, I mean, you know, Billy down the road, yeah. who, who lives who lives on, a, on yeah, an estate, sure. he's still got a reputation within well, that yeah, community. Just, uh, just imagine in that community, if he is accused yeah. of something like that, but he child minds every Tuesday yeah. for, for his next door neighbor's daughter yeah. when she's coming home. You know, things like that would just... Okay, he'd probably, probably get a brick through the window. Yeah. Might get something mean written on his door. For sure. For you know, sure. Something, no. put, something put for his letterbox. You know, that's a, that's his reputation in tatters. No, for He'll sure. probably have to move. Yeah, yeah, no, it and can't. It can't just be about be innocent. It can't know? just. It can't just be. So yeah. when you were describing it again, I was thinking, well, it is, and this is up until they're charged. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, until charged. So until charged is, you can get arrested for it. The police can, at the moment, they can release the data if you're above a certain age about. Yeah you and the the arrest is that they, right they can wait oh. wait 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 wait, wait. No, what are you saying so then, when you get arrested yeah you can air that can't you you can say you can write that yeah until yeah uh, until the charge happens and then you can't discuss it because it's contempt of no, court no court starts when you're once, charged once you've been arrested once you've been arrested once you've been arrested once an arrest has been made then the case is active 
Uh, Once an arrest has been made. Uh, criminal proceedings become active as soon as one of the following has occurred. A person is arrested, warrant for re- arrest is issued, a summons has been issued, or a person has been charged. Yeah. So, okay. But you They're can still, right. can you do the <laughs> name? Can you do the name and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can release the name. That's yeah. not contempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just unless there, you know, unless there's some sort of reporting restrictions. Exactly. Like, so, like, age. Like Tommy Robinson. Age. I fell victim of. Did you see... Oh, this is completely off off piece, <laughs> but uh, do you see when he went to jail and he had the he had the t shirt saying like convicted of journalism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And on the back he had the North Korea flag equals the United Kingdom. Oh my god, man! You know they had a day to call him for him to come out the other day. Yeah, packed. yeah, yeah. And they they were like uh, clashing with police violently, but uh, but no. So so <laughs> so this uh the the critics of this of this idea. Uh, was saying that number one, the risk is that it's going to make people who were who, like who, who are rape victims feel like they're not going to get uh, like the police aren't going to trust them and not going to take it seriously, and then, but people who have been genuinely victims of of instances like this are mm. going to be less less uh, inclined to come forward, and then and also apparently once uh, would it though. So, well, that's what that's what uh, Donald Findlater, director of a child abuse. I think helpline, if you're then charged, oh yeah, carry it. He said, uh, "Ted's." He said, uh, oh, "No, sorry. Uh, also, in high-profile cases, once once an accusation has been published, then it sort of opens the the floodgates for for want of a better word. Yeah, and like, sort of other people who who may have been may have been abused by the same mm-hmm. person." Uh, or or in a similar circumstance, yeah. come forward because you know it's not just them. They, they don't feel so isolated. Which I understand, but if they were to get charged with it and then you could release the name, then surely it's doing the same thing. It's just waiting up yeah. until there's a charge. Yeah, which makes sense to me because yeah. you could you could because you, you need a certain amount of evidence to exactly. actually charge and someone. Then I think I think that makes makes a lot of sense really because then if you've got enough evidence to take it to court then surely yeah there's there's then something there's amiss but i think but once and we're getting into shaky ground here but, yeah. but once a court case has actually started like they can't just all of a sudden add like like if someone comes forward mm. oh no but there's, but there's time between the charge and the, and the court case for them, like, but but say during the court case, if it like if if it's a high profile yeah. case and it's getting splashed everywhere mm. you know, on all the papers, yeah. Uh, then if someone someone else phones up and says, yeah, he did he did this to me, they can't just add that to the court case. That no, that, that will come at, yeah, it will come at, and then it's just never ending. Obviously, I'd have to hear more about yeah. it. But for for people that have been falsely accused, but then it. But uh, no, but no, it's it's a good point you say about it's only until they're charged. Yeah, which is early on in the in yeah, criminal yeah, proceedings. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it makes it makes sense to me to have that. So, tell me something, Joe. What? You ever smoked cannabis? I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> have you? Yeah. God, it's disgusting. <laughs> now I'm fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's uh, yeah, I smoked. Yeah, it's part. It's kind of, it's 
in certain you know paths in this city of ours and even like nationwide now mm. it's unavoidable to to either, to either try or be around people smoking weed yeah you'd have to have strong sort of i don't know yeah. strong uh you have you have to be around sort of a everyone knows someone who smokes weed yeah i don't care everyone yeah <laughs> maybe they don't know they smoke it but you know someone that's yeah. puffing it's like a it's like don't say like you're never more than six feet from a rat or something okay it's kind of like that <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> here i am you know <laughs> but uh and it's i mean it's been long debated about you know whether we should decriminalize weed or legalize it's all very very nuanced one could say yeah and a, f- uh, a friend of well not a friend of mine someone who i've spoken to once jim Connolly, bbc news beat well a friend of the shows a friend of the show yeah <laughs> like, that's a good saying and yeah he he made a he made a good doc uh about canada how they they legalize cannabis mm. and jim Connolly took david lammy norman lamb uh and Jonathan Janogli. Uh so uh, sorry again. David Lammy, uh, Labour MP. Yeah. Norman Lamb, Lib Dem MP. And Jonathan Janogli, Tory MP. Yeah. Took them all to Canada to to explore how how they legalized it and you know how it's played out since. But the thing the thing is David Lammy is I mean he's his priority is saying that you know skunk is messing with our children because it's high high THC content, which is the stuff that gets you high. Low CBD, which sort of count, counteracts the 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 negatives of of THC. Is that right? Is As that... in, remember in that uh, the Jammer documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the the way people grow weed now is just to maximise THC and you, like get next to no CBD. Really? Uh, yeah, that's what that's what skunk is. Like they okay. just blaze it with light. Yeah, 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 light, yeah. yeah. It, uh, like 24-7 rather than giving it more of a natural 12 hours on, 12 hours off cycle. Okay. Which is what, what it would get if it was outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, and, and that increases the and CBD? That increases, that, that incre- no, that increases what? Having the, yeah, having, having the natural cycle yeah. increases CBD. Nice. And then... Uh, so if it was to be legal, they'd grow it more like that? Well, that's that's what they're exploring in this. Okay. In this, because... People like that apparently. Apparently, I don't know about people weed. Like what? <laughs> people like just you know getting getting blasted Murked. on on those drugs. <laughs> what? So you like know? the high light yeah, content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, just the high THC. Shit. And then uh, that's why I stopped smoking weed though. Yeah, because it was just it just zone you out. Yeah, it smirks me. I couldn't handle yeah. it. No, because it would take me from a place of normality, and it wouldn't add to that. You see how, like, if you have if you have a drink, it adds to your experience. Yeah. You know, so I have a drink with you. We'd be laughing normally. We'd be having a good time. You have a, have a drink. It sort of heightens that enjoyment. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then sometimes you get carried away with it, whatever, but it's still adding to the experience. Yeah. Or the humor or the goodwill or the conversation. You know, sometimes you don't even want another drink, but you're having a great conversation. So you're like, let's yeah. get it, it, it adds, yeah, it it adds just, to the yeah. enjoyment of of your time. Mm. Um 
weed used to do that to me. I used to be able to like chill with my friends, smoke. Um, and I think it's becoming more accepted that people do this. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I did that when I was younger, uh, more sort of like late teens. I mean, 16, 15, around In those times. 14 yeah. <laughs> no but that's true smoking. and then but it would take you out of that reality and put you into like a minute corner of your brain no but it magnify didn't at it. the time i think it, the weed wasn't as strong when i was smoking it to begin with so i started smoking when i first started yeah. smoking it was like brown weed um and i it, it did it yeah tie stick or, and it, with the red string to get the red <laughs> string and then um <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it much. Um, <laughs> no, I don't but, know what you're talking about. Like. <laughs> no, but, but we smoked that, and it did the same thing as what I'm saying about those yeah. drinks. It it added to my Ty experience. Is lower, lower THC though. I but then we started. Allegedly. We progressively started smoking, but higher weed. Um, I like think maybe cheese. we just got different <laughs> you get different dealers cheese. or whatever. But again, when we started smoking greener weed, it wasn't as strong as it was when I stopped. So yeah. again, still, it was like adding to the environment. But but that could be that could be the effect that it's had on your brain over the mm. time. So because they say they say uh, you should like it's just so bad to start smoking weed when you're young before your brain is fully developed. So until yeah. like twenty three, twenty four, yeah, you really shouldn't touch it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what like the the sort of motivated weed smokers that that I've seen as like Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, they didn't start smoking until like late. thirty. Yeah, see, that's I where it's calm because, uh, yeah, obviously, me and you, smoking you already have a I'm strong still, sense of who you are and what you actually want to do, and for sure, for sure. So uh, I, I, I still hold it that it's the strain that murked me, but it was probably just the way I was developing. Maybe at the, the amount time. as well. The, the yeah, amount. the amount. Yeah, potentially all of it. But it comes, yeah. But yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't really touch the stuff anymore. And that's good, brother couple sober steves here but yeah because well i mean yeah we can cut whatever but i think that from from adding to an experience i know people that smoke weed to add to to experiences but then there's obviously other people that are dependent on it and then there's the me's of this world that don't really like it you know i don't enjoy it so i don't do it like it's actually a massive like turn off (laughs) it's a turn off for me Turn off. It doesn't turn me on. Doesn't mate. get you in the mood. <laughs> doesn't get me in the mood. <laughs> in that conversational <laughs> mood. <laughs> no, but it take it just yeah, as you say, it just takes me away from from everything. Yeah, just sort of plop you into <laughs> an alternative reality. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but um, yeah. See, and and that's what that's what sort of they were they they were they were getting to here is that they wanted to go and see if making it legal is actually as they all spoke about uh, before they went to Canada, mm. has it allowed them to regulate uh, THC content? Has it, like, have they put a cap on, on how strong it can be, mm. et cetera, et cetera? Uh, and has it, has it taken away from the illegal market? Okay. Long and short? No. No. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, it's a, it's a great doc in that. So Jim Connolly goes and meets the, the weed editor of the of a local Vancouver paper, okay. Because we, I mean, because yeah, it's been yeah, legal, yeah. It's, it's big stories. Yeah, it's become yeah. There's big stories. It's become big business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot to report on. As I said, Dan yeah. Bilzerian, he's yeah. The owns oh yeah, yeah. He's a weed company. Yeah. But uh, and then so so he go he goes and chills with her and another weed you know media mogul. Yeah, yeah. And 
the guy the guy goes on his on his laptop and orders illegal weed straight to the door and but but the thing is and he also buys weed cheetos which seems to me if you you know if you're if you're high you're getting the munchies yeah just straight to the door but but it's it's illegal but it's like a gray area where the canadian government aren't enforcing these laws okay because because the the legal market just can't meet requirements of how many people want to smoke. Just strange to me. I feel like just grow more, you know. But uh, Norman Lamb, yeah, trust me. <laughs> Norman Lamb, one of the MPs, he goes into the weed shop. <laughs> he makes a purchase, <laughs> and he buys an oil, uh, you know, a little tincture that you sort of yeah, drop on yeah, your tongue. Yeah. And I mean, it's legal here to have like, like yeah, CBD you're allowed, oil, yeah. but this one has THC in it. Okay, which is the stuff that gets you high. Did it? Did it show him getting high? No. <laughs> so what they show? So so I mean, when he buys it, he says, "Uh, I can't advocate." Yeah. No. 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 So no. His his uh, fuck you, help me. So it, his his justification for it is um, you know, I mean, if he's because. Bear in mind, Norman Lamb has been a uh, central to to the Lib Dems' push to or the, their policy that they want to see weed legal. And Lib Dems are quite progressive. They're, they're the only, they're the only party that are doing so. They're just like, let's not leave Europe. Let's yeah. legalize weed. They're, <laughs> they're very just, de- definite. They're, they're definitely they're out there on their own in that in that political Sphere, ground. So yeah, 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 sort of they're. I mean, they voice their opinion. They're not scared to shout about it. Yeah, because well, some would argue it's because they're not going to get into power that they're, they're allowed they're the to third be biggest this. party. I mean, actually, not counting SNP. Yeah, which I do count them because I'm a Scot. Carry on. Yeah. So, so his justification was, yeah, he like he's back legalization for a while, while he's here and it's legal and he's not going to you know get sent to the slammer for it. He mm. might as well test it. And he said uh, he wanted to use it purely for sleeping. For relaxation and for the plane back, which seems like that could be a panicky situation. <laughs> Just finish it because he has to throw it away. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then so so it shows him and Jim Connolly uh, in what well, I'm assuming is Norman Lamb's hotel room. Yeah, and he takes he puts on his tongue. And it just fades to black. I was hoping, I was praying it would show him getting red oh, eyes, getting the munchies. <laughs> just sitting there with like oh, a bag of watts or something. But yeah, and then yeah, it was very anticlimactic. It, and then and then it sh- it would cut to them the next day in the morning. Jim's like, you know, how did it affect you? He's like, you know, I just I sleep very well, but I've been sleeping well generally over here. So it didn't. But um, yeah, and the thing is. I after seeing that mm. documentary, I knew what I needed to see to get the other side of it, and that was Peter Hitchens' <laughs> response. You know? So who's Peter Hitchens in the in the sort of uh, in, in our context? He's a friend of the show. Yeah, he is a friend. He is of the definitely show. a friend of the show. He um so he's a columnist for the Mail on Sunday, an author, uh, an esteemed author. <laughs> How many books have you? <laughs> how many books do you have of his, or have you? I've had? got one, uh, two. You've had two in your possession, though. Haven't oh you? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I've read a third. That's that's being that's generous. Alive, I've been yeah. I've read an eighth of of uh, the war on drugs, the war that never happened, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, 
we we showed up to the Winchester Speakers Festival to speak to him uh, yeah. f- for my documentary about drug testing. Mm-hmm. Interview went well, and then at the end, he told us to rot in hell. Yeah. That, that's the context there. So so he's a uh, he's incredibly anti-drugs, especially anti-cannabis and pro-law, basically pro-law. Yeah, that's what he says. He yeah. says, "Look, this is the law of the land, and it should be upheld. It should be upheld." The 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 uh, which doesn't really have any room for any type of debate or change no. or anything. It's like no. do this, you know. Which at the it's time I was I was crying for you to say in the interview or afterwards. You know when you think of things yeah. afterwards, I was just like, so what about sort of the laws about being gay? You know that was a law. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, like, but I, I mean he would have said he's. Yeah, we don't we, know. He's a he's a Christian man. Yeah, he's a Christian he's man. Old school Christian. Yeah, yeah, but even so, it's changed now. So, yeah. what? So, do you think law should never change? Do you think there should be no debate around yeah. law? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That at that time, I was thinking of that, and also all the money that we'd sort of. Occur. Yeah, but but he wouldn't. He wouldn't budge on that because he would say, you know, "What? So so how much should we pay? Or how how, how much money would we it be worth already. seeing? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How much do we pay?" Four people who have smoked weed and gone crazy, mm. but but then also I'd like, like see a statistic how how much money would would we have to receive to make it okay that you know, all these people like are going to smoke weed and go crazy? Weed-induced schizophrenia or weed-induced psychosis. Psychosis, but see, and th- they say that a lot of that is uh, it's because of the skunks. It's not it's not balanced out with CBD. Yeah, yeah, and also latent things in that person's brain. Yeah, yeah, sort of pre-existing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, psychosis. Yeah, definitely. But it, it can definitely unravel it into a mental illness for sure. Mm. If you're sort of yeah, that's already what, predisposed. So to Pete that. Hitchens in his column, he uh, first of all he did something which was quite clever. If you don't mind me saying, he said, <laughs> it, "What?" So the BBC put out this doc, and he said, "The BBC now stands for the British Boosters of Cannabis," <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, kind of petty, kind of petty. Is it not? <laughs> but um yeah and but he, he he points out that uh norman lamb was knighted for his concerns about mental health and, yeah and taking action on it uh pete hitchens no, quick queries should he give the knighthood back users of cannabis end up in locked wards while their shattered families grieve for the people that they used to be which is an interesting point i think very uh, Peter Hitchens is not scared to how many isolated really cases? hyperbole something yeah, how you yeah, hyperbole yeah. the yeah, shit yeah. out of something shit yeah. out of something but yeah no but how many isolated cases are there of, of that that he knows of that he, <laughs> he references one, them a lot and he references <laughs> that one sort of anecdote anecdotal sort of ways <laughs> of getting things across only works so often and for me I'm just like tell me more give me a yeah. facts don't just be like all these because he uses that often yeah. he's like a politician in that sense where he sort of just has the same rhetoric the and same just rhetoric, answer yeah. it all the time but I understand for sure there's going to be people that yeah. are going through that but I mean same for alcohol how many people yeah. are in hospital for drinking themselves to fuck and just getting yellow livers or you know when they go yellow jaundice yeah, yeah jaundice, jaundice and they get all that the liver stuff and, and there's also and there's also people who have drunk to a point where they're now sort of physically dependent on alcohol yeah and on i know this happened in scotland i'm not sure about here but mm. they've got more of a 
progressive yeah yeah Pro- well it's concentrated isn't it yeah it's highly concentrated but they uh they've got places where sort of people depend on alcohol stay and they get provisioned alcohol so so and so needs uh two two big bottles of cider a day yeah 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 you know, and, and you go and administer that but you take that to him fucking hell i know someone who works at these uh one of these facilities really yeah and that's that's on that's on the taxpayer yeah that is mad but, but that, but then that's the argument for for weed being legalized, isn't it? We, yeah, of course there's going to be cases. They're drugs, you know. What I mean, people are going to abuse them, yeah. And people that shouldn't use them are going to use them. But then down, it's down to choice and regulation. Yeah, makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I think regulation in an ideal in an ideal scenario puts it puts the power. There's a classic argument. It takes power out of the hands of the criminals and puts it into the good guys. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I again, and yeah, and we tax it, and we. But it's gonna happen either way, Peter. <laughs> Do you know? Even if it's illegal, people are gonna be paying for the taxpayers. If it's legal, it's yeah. gonna. It's not gonna happen anymore. The taxpayer puts the bill. Okay? And, but, but we're I mean, all taxpayers. Yeah, yeah but if we've. Uh, <laughs> oh, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> But if we go on sort of um, like Holland and stuff and California, people who don't want to smoke weed aren't going to smoke weed, you know, just yeah. because it's there and it's legal doesn't force you to do that. You're still going to have the same trepidations if you don't want to use it. It's not, you know, more people, I suppose it will be more acceptable. So you just be able to like bun in your house without feeling weird about maybe yeah. getting caught or. Yeah, no, I mean, in the home, the police generally will. They're not going to do anything. No, no, no. But it's just, if you're out on the streets and you're... Yeah. You know, you're on a street corner. You're but in a still, park. It's a, you, the people who do just smoke generally are still going to have something in the back of their mind that yeah. you can't skin up in certain... But, you know, just yeah, just things like that, just borderline worries to just be taken from them. I don't know. It would be so interesting to... If they, if they, if they do do it, because so will you be uh, able to like it, bun in parks and it's stuff? Been, yeah, apparently it's it's been predicted that in ten years. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So they're saying in ten years uh, they That's think the they, they think UK gov will. Uh, we did that anyway, though. It yeah, wasn't. I know, I know, I know. But still, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> when those police came to that cop, I go, oh, my life is over right now. Well, but there was a funny story I'll tell you off mic. <laughs> That happened to me, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting conversation. I mean, I don't know too much about it, but these de- it definitely highlights both sides with this P Hitch. Yeah, I mean, shout out to P Hitchens, you know, <laughs> once again at the end of the day, once again, he's gonna he's gonna be a, a mainstay. You're gonna at him. You're gonna at him. <laughs> All right, we got get those views, baby. <laughs> cool. One eleven fucks. That's good, bro. We'll cut that down. Yeah, I think by about thirty minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, we thank haven't you come people. to a natural conclusion as we normally do. But you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we normally come to like a like we wrap down to a, oh. to an end. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we can't. <laughs> just sort of happened this week. There's a lot of podcasts that. Just end. That just end there. Giles Corrin is the one that comes to mind because that's the only one I listen to right now. All right. Nancy. Safe people.